0: you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. And to start off today's story, I need to introduce you to a coworker of mine, a wonderful man by the name of Peter Bay. See, a couple months ago, I noticed Peter for lunch every day would have this microwavable meal and he would eat it in the lunchroom and he was always just so happy. And these meals looked beautiful and he had different things every day, whether it was a steak or a rice bowl or like some different plated chicken. It smelled great. It looked great. And I had to ask him, I was like, Peter, what are these? I know you're not making these yourself. And that was my first introduction to meal box by chef Will Burge. And, Peter kinda he told me about this thing and I learned that these are chef created meals made by a guy who has nearly two decades of experience in the restaurant industry. All you gotta do is just pop them in the microwave for a couple minutes and bam, you have an awesome meal. And now I have the creator of that company in studio today. Chef Will Burge and his wife Rachel from Mealbox. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. You. So there are several different meal delivery service kits, whatever you want to call them out there on the market right now. And we'll maybe talk about some of the differences later, but there's nothing, at least from what I've seen, like exactly like Mealbox that's on the market. So for someone who was like me a couple months ago and hadn't yet experienced Mealbox, how would you describe it and what separates it from the other meal delivery services out there?
1: Yeah, so... Um... The idea behind mealbox was um, essentially a gourmet meal uh, delivered to your door with ease of of heating up, um, ease of finishing it off, um, pop it in the microwave and go. Um, I think we separate ourselves because we we try to we try to source locally number one. Uh, we try to, um, uh, use seasonal ingredients, number two. Um, and then number three, um, we try to change the menu every single week where a lot of, a lot of places, a lot of restaurants, a lot of meal delivery services. Um, they tend to have a set menu in place and, and go with it and we're, we're we're creating something new every day to to kind of keep the interest peaked and try to keep the um, the sense of something new, so you don't really get bored. Um, we use a lot of classic French techniques in our cooking. Um, we make everything from scratch, from from the sauces to the to the butchery to the uh, fabrication. Um, like I said, we use a lot of classic techniques that that. Uh, trained professionals used to cook food, and uh, I think that sets us apart in our in our flavor profiles, um, and and the overall uh, culture that we we've created with our with our cooks and our and our staff. Um, we don't go into it on a weekly basis like we're going to do just chicken and rice or or something along those lines. Uh, we we. We wanna elevate our cuisine and elevate ourselves as as cooks and chefs and uh produce the the best meal that we possibly can out of a plastic container.
0: And it is amazing. So I just I really want to hit on that right from the beginning sure. because I think that's like the biggest mental barrier for people to get yeah, over. It is for me too. So <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So I mean I'm just I'm curious myself. So some of my favorite meals that I've had from Mealbox so far are the steak tagliata, yeah. the Greek-free crested salmon, and, of course, the 16-hour smoked brisket. Absolutely. That's probably yeah. my favorite yeah, so my, far. I too. These are proteins that you are taught never to put into a microwave. I mean, things like brisket and steak, they right. get tough in the microwave. Fish right. is like, that's the number one. If you're in an office, don't put fish in the microwave. Yeah. And yet, somehow, with Mealbox, these these proteins not only survive right. in the microwave, but they, like, thrive and become amazing without even having a better way to ask the question, just how? How do you make yeah, that happen? Yeah. so
1: there's uh, there's a lot of thought that went into it. Um, you take the protein and you cook it to a certain temperature, so it's not, uh, we'll say a piece of fish is 140 degrees. Um, we go to 135, so that, that microwave brings it up to that 140 degree mark. And then what we're pairing it with are uh, moisture heavy um, bases, ingredients, uh, uh, broccoli or, or um, asparagus or vegetables, whatever. Um, But those create a sort of uh, steam finish on the, on the product, keeping it um, moist and delicious, you know? So uh, when we, when, well, I should say when I plan the meal box menu, um, it's it's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of chess and checkers going on. You know, I'm, I'm taking this away and putting this in, and and trying to figure out uh, exactly what's going to taste great, but what's going to help it heat up correctly, and what's going to help it um, sort of have that fresh, freshly cooked component to it. You know what I
0: mean? So you're not only like a chef, but you're a scientist
1: here, uh, uh,
2: mad scientist. <laughs>
1: you know, I, I I didn't I didn't get the best grades in science, but you think I think when you when you dive into the world of of culinary and you become obsessed with it, um, it's it's you know like like plumbers and electricians go to continuing education. Uh, my education is every single day. I sit there and I absorb everything I can from everyone, and I try to try to learn, and I'm I I try to grow as a as a chef and a cook. Um, I don't even like to call myself a chef. I like to call myself
0: a cook because. um, Well, your sweatshirt says "Chef Will Burge" on it, uh, so it's a little hard to say that. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) you know, cooking,
1: cooking food, um, it's become such a big thing, and and at at its core, it's just so simple. It's just it's just uh, uh, um, heating something up. And, and bring it to temperature so that a human can consume it and consume all the uh, nutrients in the, in, the, in the piece of food. Uh, but with Escoffier, for instance, um, he, he elevated French cuisine, and, and we still to this day uh, take his techniques that, that he taught and, and try to uh, create deliciousness with them. And it, it, it's, it's just taking all of those techniques that I was taught and everything that I learn on a daily basis. And there's, there's the, the, the crazy thing is, is like, you're taught, you're taught something in culinary school, right? You're taught how to do something, but there's a million ways to skin a cat, right? you know, and, and there's a million ways to do it better. And there's a million ways. And, and these people, you know, from this village in Mexico or doing something, um, a certain way, but it makes more sense to do it that way than what I was taught, you know? So trying to absorb that knowledge and learn and grow, um, is, is kind of, I think what makes us special. And then passing that on to our, uh, cooks al- along the way. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. C- culinary school can provide a great baseline, but there are, yeah, like you mentioned so many techniques to, improve processes to create different flavors to to make a great microwavable meal absolutely and and i want to for any skeptics out there i i want to tell a quick story and that is when i first met you and got to talking with you you said well i asked you about some of your favorite meals and you said the brisket you got to try the brisket i think it's as good as any in omaha and so I, can't, I got a chance to come in to your kitchen one morning, and I tried the brisket, like, not fresh out of the smoker, but pretty close. It yeah. was still very warm. You cut into the butcher's paper and yeah. everything, and I had it phenomenal.
1: Yeah, we planned it out so that you would be about an hour out from, from coming out of the smoker and fully, fully ready to go. Um, but that rest is really important,
0: you know, to, right. for,
1: the, for the juice to resettle and the, and the fat to recoagulate and, and become a solid mass again you know that's really important so we
0: right so the brisket was fantastic yeah and i had ordered the brisket meal for the coming week and as i was tasting it i was just even as i, I i'd had me uh, other meal box meals and i knew the magic behind it right but i was still there was like that voice in my head that was like there's no way that that this yeah. is going to be this good coming yeah. out of a microwave and i put it in the microwave the next week and i had it it wasn't a hundred percent as good, right. obviously, right. but it was about ninety five percent of the way there. I mean, my yeah. mind was blown. Yeah. So I just want to confirm: any skeptics out there? You want to test? Like, go ahead, test this stuff because yeah. it works. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but it works, and that's really the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah, we're uh, we're lucky that it works. You know, we're lucky that this this is kind of um, take, taken. Taking shape and taken off because I've, I've been a restaurant cook my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, never in a million years thought I'd be doing this. So I'm, I'm really blessed that it, that it does work and that, you know, we figured this out.
2: And I think it's a testament to your uh, creative uh, ability, your craftsmanship, um, and all the techniques that you've learned yeah. to be able to morph this into, you know, something that's really approachable and, um, uh, that everyone's jumping on board for,
0: yeah. and I'm so excited to get more into that backstory and kind of the the genesis of Mealbox. Yeah. but a little bit more on what it is, just so we make sure anyone listening is like, I got to try this. I think something that really separates Mealbox from other meal delivery kits or whatever is that it comes assembled, basically. Yeah. Like you get a. Uh, HelloFresh, a Blue Apron, Home Chef, whatever it might be. They send you a bunch of ingredients and a card that says, here's how you cook it, and it takes 35, 40 minutes, whatever. With Mealbox, everything is delivered in a package already assembled. You throw it in the microwave or the air fryer. Yeah. That's something yeah. that I've learned. A go. couple minutes in the air fryer can do absolute wonders for these things. But literally, you can go from fridge to sitting at your table eating within like Three or four minutes. Right. How did you choose that route, as opposed to, of having a fully composed meal, as opposed to, hey, let's put a bunch of components together and you know, kind of do the tried and true thing that everyone understands, yeah, yeah. versus doing your own new thing?
1: Um, honestly, it just uh, it just happened that way. You know, I I the the one thing I love about cooking is the finishing part you know, the, the plating, right. I love, I love, uh, I love fine dining plating. I love, I love modern plating. Um, and I, that, that's where, so, so the whole thing is an art, right? Cooking is an art, but, but the, the finish and presenting that product is to me like painting, pa- painting the picture. Um, and I didn't want, someone else to paint my picture, I, I wanted to paint the picture, right? I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, uh, I always go back to this, like, say, say you buy a new Apple phone, right? And you, you get the package and it's this beautiful white clean box and you open it up and everything's just so nicely put together, right? That's how I wanted my food to look. I wanted it to be um, a nice, clean, beautiful put together product that um, looks nice to the eyes and makes you want, want to eat it. And, uh, that came about just because I, 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 it's just the natural train of thought in my head. That's how I wanted it to be, you know?
0: So like you mentioned, you have a different menu each week. Orders are usually (laughs) placed during the week and then they're delivered in microwave safe packages on Sunday or maybe even Saturday, like if there's a holiday, something like that, but they're delivered on the weekends. Right. How do you determine the menu for each week?
1: Um, so I go through my vendors and suppliers and, and see what's, um, see what's kind of coming in season, what's, what's available, what's, uh, cost wise, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big factor. Um, you know, you used to be chicken was, uh, you know, inexpensive protein and, you could it was good and you could make money on it but we're we're in a different time now and what I'm realizing is that you know beef that's been locally sourced is less expensive and it, not not necessarily less expensive but in our wheelhouse the way we do things you know we're, we're feeding a mass of people at once it it makes more sense in buying chicken and and uh, so the menus basically created uh to fit into a cost for us so that we're profitable but also to have variety for the customer um, you know we've used uh we used fresh truffles before we we've used uh high end anchovies we we, we use high quality ingredients that you would find at a in a restaurant um, the the menu is essentially uh created with what's available, you know, what's, what's uh, with what's out there, ready to, ready to grab. Um,
0: so how do you get inspired? Like, what do you get inspired by when, when you say, okay, I want to, this locally sourced beef makes sense for us to, uh, to feature, you know, from a cost effective perspective I know it tastes delicious. Like how do you start forming, Here's how I'm going to use the beef, you know, in a steak dish or in this rice bowl, in these different preparations.
1: Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really like put much thought into it. It's almost like uh, I, I think of it like a rapper in the booth just freestyling. You know, honestly, it's just like this sounds good this week. I'm, a, I'm going to go ahead and attempt it. You know, and nothing's, nothing's pre-planned. Nothing's, uh, you know, we, we obviously in the beginning we had our, our, um, ups and downs trying to figure things out. Um, you know, some things worked and some things didn't, but we learned and we grew. And, uh, I think now we're at the point where we know what, we know what works and what doesn't work. And, um, um, we just kind of, or I, I, I just create the menu. Um, I, I go into it hungry Right, I go and do it with an empty stomach, and I and I just sit there and I, I go, boom, 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 boom. Okay, boom, 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 boom. And then I then I go back and I check my suppliers, and I go boom, 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 and I just put it together.
0: So many booms. Yeah. So many booms. Yeah. Sorry. Result in delicious meals. Yeah.
2: And sometimes you know he'll uh, wake up in the middle of the night and just have this recipe in mind, and we'll just write it down and. It's pretty amazing how different tastes come to mind for him. Uh, So he'll just come up with different varieties of things and, you know, always learning and growing and expanding.
0: Right. And sometimes, you know, you you maybe make a dish or have an idea and you have it on the menu one week and then... Maybe a couple weeks later, you're like, "Oh, what if we twisted it this way, right. or like slightly well, uh, alternate, or that yeah. could inspire a future dish." Like, I would also say, point. like
1: our our clients kind of sometimes tell us what they want. You know, like um, for the long for the longest time. So so the 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 cool thing about Rachel, right? Um,
0: of I'm, the many cool things um, about Rachel, this is just well, one <laughs> of them.
1: There you go. Um, you're welcome, Rachel. Rachel tends to want to keep things healthy and I tend to want to keep things not necessarily. I, I I like healthy food. I do. Uh, but she, she dials it down. Right. And, and so in my mind, I I want to go a full on, this is just an example, but say like a full on poutine where I'll, we're all, uh, um, cook duck thighs and duck fat, you know? And, and then she's like, Hey, not everybody wants to eat that well you know and and uh, what can you do to try to maybe cut down some of those calories and, and change it up add a little bit add some extra
2: vegetables or things or, like or that or maybe
1: yeah. maybe if you were to you know confit some cauliflower or something like you know like just just uh, so so i would say some of the some of the um, creativity does come from from Rachel now uh, because she she doesn't necessarily outright say it but she challenges me to be more creative by uh, interjecting her thoughts into the creative process, you know? And so um, I think that's pretty cool about us too is that we've, we've uh, um, evolved into something that I didn't really expect to evolve into, you know, which is also trying to... Um, cater to the healthier side. And uh, um, it, when
0: I started, it was just restaurant quality food, you know? Well, I think you bring up a great point there because Mealbox lists all, all macros for every meal on the right. website. Most meals are generally between 500, 800 calories, yeah. like perfectly acceptable for a meal. And it's, it's good size, but yeah, like if you go back in a restaurant kitchen yeah. I've been back. That there. there's a lot of butter being used, yes. there's a lot of fat yeah. flying around, a lot of sodium, a lot of calories. Absolutely, and but that's not how Mealbox is. And you talked about that, maybe isn't how it started, but it's where it's come to now. Rachel, can you kind of talk about maybe how you saw an avenue to go in a healthier route and how you encouraged Will, like, hey, let's. Let, or maybe not even encouraged, but challenged, and said, "Hey, there's there's an opportunity here to do something different. Let's try that."
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, his cooking has always been amazing. Um, you know, it's just talking to all of our customers, and and even for my personal self of finding that good balance of delicious gourmet food, um, but maintaining a healthy lifestyle and really trying to appealing to uh, appeal to a a wider audience. You know, a lot of us are on our own wellness journeys and, you know, have different health goals in mind. And so figuring out how we can find a nice, happy medium with Will's very talented cooking methods and finding something that, you know, is going to be very nutritious um, as well as delicious And so, you know, people love seeing the macros and being able to track those. We get lots of comments on, um, you know, uh, people that are seeing success in their health journeys. And that's why we came out, came out with the lean box line of meals. So five different meals that are specifically low carb, high protein, no sugar added. And, um, yeah, and I helped Will with creating our plant heavy dishes as well. So for those that are Uh, vegetarian vegan plant-based eaters now we can offer some additional options uh to accommodate those folks too
1: yeah and to jump into that uh that has inspired me to almost like you know at first my 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 being is and she knows this is all or nothing you know that's just how i am right and uh when when we started the lean boxes, I was like, "What can we do to like be a little bit different, right? Not just not just like again chicken and rice or whatever, uh, what you know, not cauliflower. I mean, we, we do and do, and do cauliflower, but you know what I mean, like <laughs> just the normal, right? right. Um, we've created some like amazing, I think personally amazing lean boxes, like the the jalapeno lime uh, pork tender one is. It's absolutely incredible, you know. It, it really is, and and we're we're cutting out all the sugar. We're cutting out all that all that bad stuff, and and really just creating something that pops in your mouth, you know. That, that it comes with that um, the cauliflower quote unquote potato salad, and I, you know, at this point in my life, I'd rather eat that than real potato salad. You know, it's really really delicious, and uh, when what. Uh, what happens is I write these menus and then I bring them into my guys and my guys go, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to do this. Right. And we all, we all get together and figure out how we're going to do this. We talk about it on Wednesday morning and, um, the lean boxes are, are essentially a set menu, seasonal set menu changes quarterly. Um, but you know, my guys knocked that out of the park. You know, they, uh, I, I trained Richard to be a saucier and, and he does all my sauces now. And, uh, he came up with the, the, the recipe for the jalapeno uh, um, mustard Carolina sauce. And, man, I, I, I want to bottle it. It's so good. Mm. It's so good.
0: Uh uh-huh. oh, well, On that front, I want to give a shout-out in particular to the B&B Salmon, yeah. which is a piece of salmon that is – it's got blackberry and balsamic, um, like, sauce. It, reduction, yeah. Yes, yeah. reduction. It comes with garlic, sautéed broccolini, and carrots – delicious and it's like just over 500 calories it it doesn't even make sense how healthy it is so okay so at this point i want to tease some taste buds a little bit and we've mentioned a number of different boxes between the normal meal box and the lean box but i want you to hit me with what are some of the best selling boxes like just the most popular hits among the customers and what do you think should be some of the best sellers. So what are, what are some of your favorites? And I want to get that that answer from both of you.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the, the best sellers are obviously the grilled meatloaf, um, mm-hmm. which I also think should be a best seller. It's, it's out of this world. Uh, the, uh, the brisket obviously is really good. You know what doesn't sell and it bothers me? Anything pork. Um, I think should pork's sell. The best. I would agree. Pork yeah. is so delicious; it's delicious reheated. Um,
2: the Kona pork is one of my favorites. It's
1: incredibly, um, it's incredibly good. You know, it's just a nice ratio. The thing I think that uh, people, other than religious reasons, get turned off by pork is, uh, you know, the high fat content. And we're going around, and we're we are trimming our our meats. You know, trimming them down. Making them healthier, trying to cut out some of the fat. Uh, we're not just, um, you know, I'd say like a lot of places, just taking the the pork shoulder and smoking it and calling it good. You know, we're 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 cleaning it up quite a bit and and still maintaining a nice, uh, rich, moist product. Uh, that's tough, though. I mean, we've done so many meal boxes.
2: Uh, a couple other uh, favorites are the black and blue chicken. Yeah, that's true. And so that's the Cajun uh, grilled chicken with uh, Cajun dusted grilled beans.
1: Uh, it's black and blackened chicken. It's uh, Cajun roasted green beans. So that's the other thing, too, is uh, something as simple as taking green beans and, and roasting them down. Um most people are ver- have, a, I would say, an aversion to green beans. You know, they think of green beans as, like, you know, what you, what you grew up eating. But when you roast them down, they become incredibly sweet, a lot of sugar released, you know. And so they're, they're delicious. And then when we make a, uh, a sweet potato hash, it's real simple, just roasted sweet potatoes. Um, people we, love
2: those. And yeah. then can't forget about the sauce. So those signature sauces, really, people rave about the sauces. Yeah. You know, that's something that I really want to make sure that we highlight. Um, That probably sets us apart from a lot of other places, too, um, having those signature side sauces. Um, And so with the black and blue chicken, it's the blue cheese aioli, correct? Mm -hmm. So different side sauces on all the different meals, and we try to label those every week of what comes on the side. Um, But certainly something that is highly talked about. Can I
1: touch on something real quick? Touch on something real quick. Well, I I just think people have a – A notion of what healthy food is you know and I and I truly believe that when when we're cooking food from scratch and we know exactly what we're putting in our our sauces right or our our meals that to me is healthy cooking right that to me is is we're not putting in weird preservatives we're not putting in weird uh chemicals um it, it's all it's all real handmade food, and I can't imagine anything more healthy than that, you know. So I just wanted to get that out there. All right,
2: all fresh ingredients, you know, nothing's frozen, organic, and locally sourced, so great combination.
0: So how do we... How do we reframe people's thinking around healthy food then? Because there are some things where i I'll fully admit it, I've been on Mealbox's website and I'll be scrolling through and I'll see like a poutine yeah. or shrimp and grits. Yeah. Like these are pulled pork, these are things that we're not taught are healthy food. Like those right. are those are um cheat meals isn't the right word, but like you know, they're comforting, satisfying, like I'm not on a diet, I'm enjoying myself right. meals. And yet you look at the macros on mealbox and it's like, wait, that that can't be right. This is six hundred calories? Yeah. Like that doesn't even make sense. How do we reframe people's thinking to understand well, that healthy can still be delicious? It doesn't have to be a salad and some sauteed vegetables. Yeah.
1: Um I I I think um <laughs> you you what what I had to teach my guys in the beginning was um there's a lot of there's a lot of free flavor you can get from from things, right? and that's creating the Maillard reaction, which is uh, a great sear or a great char or a great roast, right? So you're creating a lot of flavor right then and there. We, uh, You've been in the kitchen. You've seen the extensive spice collection, right? Yeah. So um, spices, spices, herbs, uh, all just really, really incredible flavor profiles. You elevate that with a little bit of salt so that they can taste it. You add a little bit of fat, whether that's – you know, animal fat or plant fat, so that it coats your tongue and helps you absorb the flavor. And it—it's it, it, not. I remember. I remember cooking at a, at a at a restaurant downtown and watching a guy uh, saute some vegetables, and he took the squeeze bottle of olive oil. Put it in his pan and almost created a deep fryer.
0: Oh, my gosh. Through the vegetables there.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I said, I said yo, we're not, we're not deep frying these vegetables. We're just doing a quick saute, you know. The amount of oil you're using in, in, in your cookery, um, the amount of, of fat can be dialed back. It's just about having a little bit of self-control, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that being said, I don't think fat is the enemy um, I think it's been proven that fat's not the enemy. I think sugar is probably the enemy, Right. and sugar makes us all sick. And so, uh, we we like to buy uh, Miller Dorman Farms uh, um, um, black walnut syrup. Oh, yeah. uh, we like to buy local honey as sweeteners, pomegranate molasses, you know, and try to try to use other things than just cane sugar and brown sugar and and and. Load our products up with that stuff because it's not—it's not healthy. And I, when I cook, I honestly think about—you know—I'm feeding my mom, and then I think about I'm feeding her mom, and I'm feeding everybody's mom and dad and family, and and I don't want to be the guy poisoning them. And I'm not saying sugar is poison, but it definitely can be in you excess. Know? And, sure. and so, um, we just try to keep the keep that down a little bit and try to just just use other avenues to create a lot of flavor you yeah. know
2: so. and ultimately I think it comes down to having a nice balance in the meals and so Absolutely. that's where oh, I yeah. think that I can right. challenge you yeah. with on the menu of you know if something does seem rather unhealthy or fatty or what have you you know adding in more vegetables or just working in other elements to it right. to give it a nice overall
1: um, my brain is programmed to go salt fat acid salt fat acid you know yeah it's constantly and Um, which is, which is the key component to cooking obviously, but you know, how can we maybe dial the fat back a little bit, increase the flavor, you know, dial the salt down. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am a salter, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I love salt, but, um, dial that down a little bit. Um, the other thing, uh, protein, protein, for instance, right. If we're taking a great piece of beef, we're always salting it and dry brining it, you know? Uh, 24 hours at least in advance, you know, and and that's helping back to the moisture content and making it taste good, you know, techniques like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sorry, that kind of
0: collaborated in the no, no, that's perfect. Okay, and I think another part of it, and you mentioned this a couple minutes ago, Rachel, is so many times in a dish, a lot of added calories come from that sauce, and I'm not necessarily saying your sauces are unhealthy, but you give diners the option because the sauce is almost always, if not always on the side. So you allow people to add as much or as little as they choose, which I absolutely love. I hate when I go to a restaurant and I order like, especially a pasta dish and it comes out and it's just like swimming. And I'm just like, come on, like, let me taste what's actually underneath all these the just this excess calories and fat. If someone wants a dish that has a lot of sauce on it, you guys give them that option. Mm -hmm. But you also, for someone like me who's a sauce minimalist, you're like, hey, you just, you know, you do you. Dish it up how you like it. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a great point. And uh, just so everyone knows, the macros posted include the sauce. Mm -hmm. So, you know, saying you have half the sauce, it's going to be a little bit less. So that just gives you the flexibility and freedom to use as much or as little as you'd like. So you can really taste the flavors of everything else that's in the box.
0: I love it. All right, we've gone long enough. We need to get into the, the background of Mealbox and learn how this how this came to be. Yeah. So, Will, you worked professionally, and cooked professionally, excuse me, in restaurants from about 2000 to about 2018. Yeah. What got you into cooking originally?
1: Um, boy, well, I can tell you my earliest memory of cooking uh, was, uh, well, I, I was the kid that... Uh, would get in the freezer, and eat, eat sticks of butter. Right, I would get in <laughs> trouble for that. I was.
0: I would, That's not in the lean box diet. No, not at all. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um,
1: but my my dad had this. Uh, I'm sure everybody's got one, but like a rotating spice rack. And I remember as a kid smelling them and being like, "Gross!" You know, like, what, what, "What do you do with this?" You know, and yada yada yada. But I think I was probably around six years old. I was making some bacon on the stove with my mom, and uh, I think I grabbed the something off the spice rack, we'll just say like dried basil or something and sprinkled on, you know, and it didn't make any sense. Obviously I'm not, I'm not getting into that part, but what something about the sprinkling of whatever on the bacon, I just, I was like, wow, this is really cool. So most kids were watching uh, cartoons growing up. I was watching a show on PBS called great chefs from around the world. And it was it was a half hour show, just three different chefs from around the world, and it was all uh, old, uh, Technicolor, like really bad production. But man, I don't know something about something about like all these steps and techniques to create this little beautiful plated dish. It just resonated with me, and I I just became obsessed, and um, I started my first job. Uh, when I was fourteen, um, I think my dad's cousin owned a Dairy Queen, 114th and Dodge Air, and uh, I got I got a I got a job there. I think making like frosties or something, whatever they make, uh, and um, I kept sneaking into the back in the kitchen, you know, and just watching wanting to flip burgers, and um, it just kind of just came naturally.
0: Hey there listeners, we'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I gotta remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love Certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics. And it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now back to my guest. So you graduated from the Dairy Queen experience, yeah. ended up going to Metro Community College, mm-hmm. and worked at several different restaurants around Omaha, including yeah. Kitchen Table, yeah. which I am an absolute huge fan of. Shout out
1: Colin and Jess. Uh, uh, just to touch on that, he he did Colin. Colin is just Colin Duggan. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Incredible chef. I mean, just an absolutely incredible chef and completely changed my perspective on cooking. I was a, I was a young hotshot in culinary school and I, I thought I knew everything and I, uh, I had a incredible work drive and, and I wanted it so bad. And when I got the kitchen table, I realized I didn't know anything, you know, (laughs) and Colin, Colin taught me a lot, a lot. And, uh, Will always have a special place in my heart. He's just an incredible chef.
0: Well, what is that experience like? Just to to think that you're, you know, this expert, you're this hotshot chef, and then you almost kind of get humbled yeah, by someone like definitely, that. definitely. I, I mean, is that something that your career needed? Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I mean, it, I think uh, everyone's career needs a needs a calling. Uh, it, it it you don't look at it as humbling. You look at it as like, I am going to. Learn every single thing I can from this guy because he knows what he's doing. And and I remember we had this uh, we had this party down there once. It was a private party, and he did a uh, braised lamb shank. No, I think it was a I think it was a braised lamb shank, but he used he used hay to cook the lamb shanks. He wrapped them in hay. Whoa! And and yeah, and from my mind, I'm like, this is so weird. You know, because I, I I was I was young, I didn't know anything, but I'm telling you, like just the brilliance of cooking a creature that lives in hay in hay, and the way it tasted it was just like oh, mind blowing. And the kitchen table to me is it's just one of the greats because they're selling sandwiches every day, right? That, Colin Colin. I mean, he could do just a, a ridiculous restaurant, like like a plated restaurant. He, he I mean, he's got the talent to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just rambling now, but uh, no, I no, no. A lot of, lot of, lot of respect and a lot of great, beautiful feelings towards uh, those guys, and I think uh, I'm blessed to be. I was blessed to be put in that path, even though even though it was a difficult path and it was um, it was a, it was a lot of work, and it, it not only taught me really really good work ethic, it taught me uh, uh, great culinary experience and and great hustle and drive, and um, I'm really lucky to I was put in that in that path. So.
0: To touch on kitchen table real quick, and not to turn this into a kitchen table commercial, yeah. but they honestly deserve a shout out like you mentioned it's mostly a sandwich shop they do a couple other things but like every part of that sandwich is scratch made they are baking the bread they're roasting the meats they're uh um creating the sauces like mustard ketchup they're scratch making all that Mm -hmm. the mayo everything that that place is it's truly magical i remember
1: having to break down You know, 25 birds in a half an hour, you know, and, (laughs) and, and taking the skin off and setting it aside, you know, for, for chicken, chicken skin crisps, you know, for the whole bird sandwich and, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of work, but, uh, wow. The end product was mind blowing and, and there weren't a lot of places I ever worked where I was like, everybody come in, you know, this food is pretty good, you know, and, uh, kitchen table I was so proud to work there I was so proud of what I did I was so proud of the product I was so proud of everything and I uh that that feeling that I had for kitchen table I like to convey to my guys because I think when you have a dedicated staff that believes in what you're doing um and believes in the product and every little aspect of that product um it makes the product that much better and I I really like from the moment I tasted Colin's sourdough I was like man this is
0: unbelievable mm-hmm. unbelievable yeah now to fast forward a little bit in 2018 you had a a freak injury that kind of yeah. altered the path of your career yeah uh what happened and how how did that help you find your purpose
1: <clears throat> yeah so um we had a third vehicle we purchased from my from my dad I was a 2002 Tahoe, had a little bit of rust on the bottom, and uh, I'm not a car guy, so I was out there chipping some of the rust off with an X-Acto blade, and uh, it was a nice, hot day. I was barefoot, just playing around in the front driveway, and I I must have thrown the blade into the grass or whatever, and long story short, ended up uh, stepping on the blade. It went up in my foot and broke off. At the time, we didn't know it broke off, but uh, she was in Benson 1912
2: yeah i was meeting some friends uh, on the rooftop you know, just having,
1: having a drink and we live in bennington so you can imagine how far away that is a 15 minute 20 minute drive and um i i sort of you know i was gushing blood everywhere and i sort of scooted my my uh body into the into the garage on my back and i uh, was able to grab my phone and call her and she said i'll be right there she was there in maybe six minutes it was nuts like she got there quick and uh and I was exactly well, I mean, gushing
2: blood, so <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: exaggerating a little bit, but she did fly, and uh, she rushed me to a, an emergency room and went in, and they sewed up the uh, they sewed up the uh, the wound pretty quickly, and then um, so I was on the road to recovery, and uh, you know about 14 days later, I had this big ball on the bottom of my foot, it didn't look right, so we we went back to the uh, doctor, and they said. Uh, Oh, they didn't take x rays? And I said, uh, no, they just sewed it up. And so they took x rays and found out the blade was still in my foot. And so I had to go get emergency surgery to get the blade out. Uh, long story short, I, I couldn't go back to work for quite a while because there was a lot of nerve damage. I was on a, um, a diabetic nerve pain pill, uh, just to, not that I had diabetes, but just to acutely take care of the nerve pain that was created, whatever. Uh, so just sitting around. and uh, If you know me, you know that I'm not a very good sit-around kind of person. I don't like sitting around. I have to be doing something. I have to be uh, creating something, whether whether it be woodworking. Uh, uh,
2: Gardening. Whatever, yeah. Uh,
1: cooking. Food, so, whatever.
0: Home improvement projects. Yeah. was yeah. yes. on Facebook yeah. all yeah.
1: the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I just decided, you know, to – Get her little, uh, she's got this little makeup chair. It's got like four, four wheelie rollers or whatever that's adjustable. And I put my leg up on that and I went into the kitchen and I was like, oh, let's cook. So I, so I started cooking and um, I just posted on Facebook. I said, is anybody interested in meals delivered to your house? And I'll, I'll, I'll deliver them on Sunday. And I think I had maybe like 12, 12 people say, yeah, 10 people. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. You know, they knew I was a good cook. and um, uh, So, yeah, so got got about 10 people, and I think they got the food, and they were like, whoa, this is really good, you know. And then that, that 10 or 12 turned into 20, and then it just kind of increased week after week. And, um,
2: and you started it as <clears throat> five meal boxes yeah. for lunch. So it started off as, you know, we're going to provide you lunch replacements, and there's five meals on the menu each week.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, it, it just kind of created this, uh, this monster that I started having people that I didn't know PM me on Facebook and saying, hey, I heard you're doing meals. Uh, I'd be interested. And I said, okay, you know, yeah, just give me your address. And uh, we, it, it was almost like this underground uh, little weird deal going on. And at the time, we had a, a, a garage refrigerator out there. It was just a normal uh, bottom refrigerator, top freezer. And I started realizing, you know, this is, getting, this is getting full and this is maybe just not a hobby, you know. And so we weren't necessarily to the point where we were full blown or anything like that. But I did, uh, you know, went on went to Facebook and looked at uh, coolers and bought a used cooler, which I still have to this day, a two-door cooler. You know, and I, I uh, at that time, I was to the point where I could walk. Um, this was maybe three or four months in. I could walk, so I I went and I uh, put that cooler in the back of my truck. It, it barely fit, and I drove it home and unloaded it all by myself. And before I knew it, the funny thing about coolers is you buy a new cooler and it gets filled always, you know. And so immediately, I think yeah. that I think that's the secret to this is you just got to keep buying coolers. <laughs> but uh, so that cooler got filled, and then I was like, I was like Rachel, I think uh, I think we need to get out of our house because this is not this is not legit, you know. And so we filed an LLC um with a lawyer and uh just essentially grew and then found our spot in in Benson in um 2019. Yeah, 2019 and uh she she then lost her job and uh COVID hit. Yeah, you know, yeah, we were like, "Whoa, man, this is uh we, we kind of got to make this work." And so we just went full in, and um, we haven't advertised once. I mean, this is all somebody knows, somebody knows, somebody, and word and, of
2: mouth and, and organic. And
1: I think it's just because, um, you know, we we have a lot of passion for what we do and a lot of care about our product, and uh, people see that and
0: they bought into it. So, well, that's the most powerful form of advertising, right? It it is, I, can, yeah. I can see. 25 Facebook ads for something, yeah. but if I see Peter, my co-worker, sitting there every day at lunch mm-hmm. eating this, and yeah. then he raves about it, yeah. that's going to have so much more impact than any kind of ad placement that you absolutely. get. Absolutely, absolutely. Rachel, do you remember the conversation about, hey, like, I've kind of been doing this, you know, I've, I've been cooking these meals, people are asking for them. I'm thinking about doing this full time. Like, I might not go back into the restaurant industry, but I want to make a business out of this. Like, do you remember, I don't know if it was one conversation or if it was many, but do you remember coming to that decision with Will?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, just such a surprise how it blew up so quickly. And, you know, I was working full time and had a great job. Um, and so, you know, I was like, well, you know, I think we can both do this. And, um, and so we started looking for kitchens and, you know, talking numbers and, um, you know, I always had all the faith in Will and his cooking abilities and then, you know, COVID hit and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, where is this going to go? And then boom, lost my job. And so it was a moment of panic of, you know, do I go find another job or do we really try to team up and blow this thing up? And so we did have some tough conversations and, you know, really everything inside of me said, um, I, I need to give Mealbox all my attention and having full faith in Will's talents. You know, I, I know people love his food. It's just a matter of people need to know about it, right? So, um You know, I took all my experience of, you know, I, I attended UNO, I have my accounting degree, I have my master's degree in business. And so, and taking my experience working, um, you know, at an investment firm in kind of corporate America for 14 years, decided to, to utilize everything that I had learned in operations and things to devote that to Mealbox, growing it, um, establishing systems and processes and growing a staff and, you know, formalizing all of it. So Um, It's scalable. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, that was the one, uh,
1: that was the one conversation we had quite a few times Mm -hmm. is is this product scalable, right? Because again, I hate to say it again, chicken and rice is scalable, right? What we do isn't the scalability is there, but it's tough, you know, because you have to have talent in that kitchen in order to, in order to scale it, you know, and then, uh, logistic wise you have to have good guys that you can count on to deliver it. So right. that conversation happened many, many times and uh, I think it still happens to this day. You know, how are we gonna scale it even bigger if we do we do we wanna scale it even bigger? Do we like where we're at right now? You know, do we wanna take on more clients or so
2: But for the longest time it was you and me delivering and just you cooking and here we are now you have a full kitchen staff of five people. Yeah. And we have fifteen delivery drivers. Wow. Yeah.
1: My my nephew, my nephew Michael, did a lot of a lot of work for me too in the beginning. He he was uh it got to the point where I was so where I was I was so big in my home that I would have to cook basically thirty six hours straight with no sleep just to make it work. And and then he would come in on Sunday, she'd have a list for him, he would load it all up and deliver it for me that whole entire Sunday, you know. So yeah. It's pretty, pretty crazy how every step of the way God's blessed us with some, some
0: sort of relief, you know, it's,
1: it's really beautiful. And it's just all worked
0: out. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh, I don't want to put words in your mouth and say that you've made it. No. But, but I think f- at least from my point of view, at this point you are very legitimate. Like people know about yeah. it. Th- th- this is a thing. It's, it's here to stay. Was there, was there a moment or a time where you kind of felt that shift from, this is kind of like a fledgling company, you know, we don't really know if people are going to take this to, okay, people get this, we have a lot of orders, like, we feel really secure in this thing now. Do you remember, was there like a a time where that shift was made?
1: No, I don't, I I still don't think that we're secure. I, I mean, like but but that might just be me. I I have a permanent chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know like I It's I, good to have. It is. But I and it'll never go away. I just I just I feel like if I'm not growing, I'm not I'm not doing good enough, you know, and um I think I think we're we're, we're definitely comfortable. I mean, we're 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 doing well, uh but um I think you also have to put it into your train of thought. When is enough enough? I don't ever want the product to go down in quality ever. And if there's a point where it's like too much, and we have to drop the quality, it's not going to happen. I don't. I don't care. I mean, I'll, I'm, if I only make so much money, that's fine, right? It's it's the, the the most important thing is the quality of the product, and putting the pieces together to either scale it or not scale it, but but. Um.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, looking at the timeline of things, um, you know, with with COVID kind of coming up and about um, over the last couple of years, you know, that's definitely played a factor in uh, orders and just, you know, reaching out new customers. I think that, Um, people working from home or changing their schedules definitely had an impact of our business, um, in good ways and bad ways. So some people coming home decided they're going to cook on their own. Some people coming home for work were now in the market for meals. And so really it, I think overall grew our audience a lot. Um, I would say so. And then I think other things that we've learned is just seasonality and different seasons. We have are more or less in demand. Um, but I think, well,
1: um, uh, historically, but it doesn't seem to be that way anymore.
2: Well, that's true. So, I mean, we'll st- we're still learning. We're in our third or so year of operations, yeah. third full year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of growing the customer base. And so, you know, not everybody orders every week, and we don't expect everyone to order every week, but we just want to be here and available when people want to order from us. And so growing just the number of folks who know about us, growing the word so that uh, when it works for for people and their schedules that, you know, they know about us and that we're here as a resource for them to deliver meals. So just continuing to grow the customer base and awareness of who we are.
0: Well, you said something really interesting there, Rachel, and I think it's a great point in that COVID changed dining habits potentially forever. And that I still think that there is, incredible value in meeting, in eating a meal in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Even if you're getting the exact same plate of food at home, you, you might not be getting the ambiance or the service right. or that there's something special about eating right. out. Right. But at the same time during COVID, because we literally couldn't go out to eat. Yeah. So many of us got so comfortable with eating at our homes, whether that was takeout, whether that was cooking ourselves. And the idea that you can have kind of the best of both worlds there where you can have a dish that is on par with what you would get, maybe even superior to what you would get in a restaurant in the comfort of your home without having to go out, without having to park, do any of that stuff. And it's just like it's available in minutes. That's that's like a game-changing thing. Is, is Mealbox like potentially – I don't want to say the future of the restaurant industry, but is this like th- this concept that you guys have, is this like one of the, a big part of dining future, do you think? I think,
1: I think it's here to stay. I don't, you know, uh, who doesn't want to go out and get, you know, on a date with your wife. and Right. You know, right. Uh, restaurants are, restaurants are the reason we're here. Uh, and, and, I pray that they'll always be here. Um,
2: yeah. And I think at the same time though, um, we can't all eat out for every meal of our week, right? So we're a nice resource to substitute in for those meals that you're not going out to eat. And perhaps with COVID now people have just a new uh, framework or mindset about, um, you know, having meals delivered and are more open-minded to it. Uh and you know, we, we want people to go out and eat at restaurants and Absolutely. have experiences Absolutely. you know that we can't necessarily provide at this time. But We you don't
1: know. we don't want people to go eat at McDonald's though. You know I'm very much on board with that. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. so, so if skipping we can, the takeout, skipping if we can, if we can the substitute fast food. for those times you're gonna drive to Taco Bell and get a, a disgusting I don't know if I can say this, but <laughs> you know No, we we can say that. Okay, if, that. If, you're <laughs> go, <laughs> if you're gonna go if you're gonna so, go drive and go get fast food why not supplement it with something that, you know, was created by a very uh, intricate process and chefs and, and cooks that really care about what we're putting into our local. food, you know, and, and we're local, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's a better option. And 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 the price point, I mean, in my, in my, per instance, uh, I could go to McDonald's and spend $15 to, to, to be full, mm-hmm. you know, so you're getting a... Uh, you know, getting beautiful, locally sourced, shaved ribeye in, 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 a, in a meal you can heat up in two and a half minutes, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me.
2: But. Right. Quality, convenience, yeah. variety. So to answer your question, though, I, I think that are we the part of or the future? I think we're part of the future, right? right. So, um, you know, just fitting into people's lifestyles, uh, families, individuals, uh, wherever possible.
0: Um, last question I got for you guys before I, before I get you out of here. Mealbox is obviously it's changed and it's evolved a lot in a short amount of time. And I think you guys have made a lot of smart pivots kind of on the fly to make the, um, to make the product superior. So this might be a difficult question to answer. And I think it kind of changes just as the environment changes. But as you look now at the future of Mealbox, what do you see?
2: Uh, well, that could go a lot of different ways. and you know it's it's ex- an exciting time because we are talking about the future of mealbox every day. Um, and at this time, we're you know evaluating different ways this could go. We are looking at expanding. That could be at our current kitchen in Benson. Um, perhaps finding a new space out west and having more of a grab-and-go concept where we're still doing our our meal deliveries each week uh, for folks that want that convenience, want it brought to them, but also maybe somebody wants a hot, fresh lunch option to come in and get, um, you know, maybe a limited menu each day where we have something offered, come in, grab a hot lunch to go, and then also having some of our meals on hand, uh, refrigerated that you could grab and go as well, so kind of a Mealbox Express uh, so that's kind of something that we've talked about. Yeah, and, ha-
1: having having an avenue as well to maybe yeah. do tasting menus and and, and more um, higher-end fine dining experience would be really, you know, really important to me and help settle that chip on my shoulder.
2: Yeah. Well, Will's such a magical plater. So I would love to see that opportunity yeah. for you to be able to um, offer more of a higher-end fine dining experience.
1: Uh, and, and, and the thought... Um, You know, not, not a full blown restaurant, but just, you know, you can book, book out and have, have a group of you come in and we do a tasting menu, you know, 20, 50 courses and just small bites. It'd be so cool, you know? And, uh, my
0: hand is raised. Yeah, I'm a hundred (laughs) percent in on that. You're the first one there There for sure. Uh, so
2: yeah, we're thinking it's still going to be an intimate space. So we're not trying to, you know, look at a a giant, uh,
1: but I just want to touch on something else for the future. Um. And I think it's important, if any of my clients are listening, uh, we are still looking into compostable containers uh, and getting rid of the plastic. It's just, with COVID, everything slowed down, manufacturing slowed down, and uh, innovation slowed down. So being able to source uh, biodegradable containers is really important to us. And it's just really hard to, we, we actually jumped the gun and did biodegradable containers once. And. They were just a disaster. So we're still looking into that, but uh,
2: well, and then two of our uh, suppliers shut down. So um, in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts, we yeah. had two of our container suppliers just closed down with COVID. And so, you know, supply and demand are just a crazy thing right now. And it's definitely on our list of uh, things that we can do. I mean, we're, we're composting our materials. We're also a zero food waste kitchen um, just with how we operate. We don't have any food waste, but the, Containers themselves, you know, we we certainly encourage recycling them, but we would like to, um, you know, source a reliable, consistent, compostable. container. Yeah, we don't option. even uh,
1: throw away our veggie scrap; we feed it to the chickens, so we uh, get our eggs from. It's pretty cool. She, they, they actually produce more eggs when we when we when they eat our trimmings and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, we try to be
0: as, as, as uh, environmentally clean as possible too.
2: Definitely, I so, love it.
0: I appreciate you guys so much for coming in, taking the time today. And I I just, I want to be, as Peter was my introduction to Mealbox, if anyone is listening to this and hasn't had Mealbox before, just give it a try. I can pretty much guarantee you'll be hooked. Just go on to Mealbox, Uh, is it? Mealboxomaha.com. Mealboxomaha.com. You'll find about a dozen meal options. And again, these change every week. So even if something doesn't catch your eye this week, yeah. You can look again next week. Yeah. Just get one or two, try them. The ease combined with the deliciousness—I ha- like it's a—it's almost impossible to find anywhere else. So just give it a try. I think you're going to be really impressed. I think you're really going to like it. Will and Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was an absolute blast.
1: We appreciate you having us and and giving us the uh, opportunity to be on this wonderful podcast that I I do listen to all the
0: time. Oh. So. Thank
2: you. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us.
1: Ahudat Media Production.